another episode of Bearded Things. I am one of your bearded hosts, my name is Tyler, and I am here with myself once again. <laughs> um, due to scheduling conflicts and stuff, it is me once again hanging out with you all. I hope you're not too disappointed. I know some of you are. It's okay. We will have guest hosts coming back very soon. Don't you worry your pretty little heads off. That being said, um, I'm going to get into my topic here shortly, but uh, as kind of usual thingy when I am by myself, I tend to rant for the first part of the episode, so I'm going to do that for a little bit um, because it's, you know, you can't stop me. I mean, you can. You can turn it off, but please don't. Um, so that being said, I want to talk today about, like, treating yourself. Those of you that are fans of Parks and Recs will know, like, the Treat Yourself episodes. Um, I recently found myself with a little bit of extra cash, thanks to a certain side hustle. Um, and I was able to purchase a new graphics card for my computer. And um, it's not, like, the number one top one that just came out, like, last month. But it's still, like, top three graphics cards that are out there right now is the one that was going for like $1,500 like a year ago and now it's back to MSRP and I installed it last night and I played a video game and holy crap it is amazing um those of you that don't play computer games probably have no idea what I'm talking about or even why it's so important to get a new graphics card but I was able to play a game and like seeing the blades of grass and like the leaves on the tree move like realistically and look really real was pretty spectacular and pretty amazing so um i encourage you all if you're out there listening to this right now if you're thinking you know i need to get out of this rut or do something different i suggest treating yourself and finding something nice even if it's something big like find something small that you can treat yourself with and um go out and do it because it makes you feel good and then um i don't know it makes the world a better place when we all feel better so why don't you try to do that because i think that'll be fun you should do that that being said um it wasn't as long as our rant as i thought it was going to be so i uh i guess i'll just kind of get into my topic here um so probably kind of a short episode so i apologize i can only talk for so much because hearing my own voice is very cringy, and I hate it. And I have to edit this thing, and I don't want to edit my own voice. So, that being said, um, let's get into it. So, for today's episode, I'm going to be covering one of, if not the earliest recorded mass murderer slash serial killers in the world. But before I do that, let's take a quick quiz, shall we? Think about who you think is the earliest serial killer like out there. And if you're thinking in America, you could be thinking like H.H. Holmes, who is credited as being like the first modern recorded killer in the U.S. But let's think outside of our little American bubble here. And now maybe you're thinking Jack the Ripper, right? He terrorized London in the late 1800s. And if you were, you're still way off. Um, I'm not going to go through all the different serial killers in the time, so I'm going to speed through this real quick. And we're going to go to the way, way back. And we're going to go past future episodes that we're going to cover, like Alexander Pierce in the 1800s, or Catherine Mon Monvoisin of the mid-1600s, and even get past Guido Reyes in the mid-1400s. We're going to go all the way back to the 2nd century BCE. Yeah, we're talking ancient history, baby. Uh, the ancient historical serial killer we're going to be talking about is a man named Leo Pingli. 
But before I get into Pangley's story, I want to steal a page out of fellow podcaster Aaron Minky of Lore Fame's playbook and tell you a kind of seemingly unrelated story about another serial killer to kind of set the table for today's main story. And that seemingly random person is someone named Procrestus, or Polypemon. Either way, it was someone in Greek mythology and the son of Poseidon. Procrestus was a smith and also a really bad person. He lived near Mount Korydalos in ancient Greece, and inside his home he had a special bed. Like we all do, you know, it's where the magic happens. But this bed was made of iron. And Procrustus was said to invite any and all travelers passing by his home to come in and rest from their long journeys. Now, he wouldn't really offer them food or water, but just a chance to kind of lay down on his special hard iron bed. While they were on the bed, he would tie their hands together, and not in a good way, and then he would measure them against the bed. If the person's feet didn't quite reach the bottom of the bed, like the edge of the bed towards the end, he would take his smithing hammer and just start pounding away at their legs and shattering their bones, their tendons, everything, so that he could stretch their legs to fit. Conversely, if the visitor was too tall, like myself if I was in ancient Greece, um, he would use an axe to amputate their legs to make them fit on the bed. And according to legend, quote, no one person ever fit the bed exactly. So, kind of, you know, lends to the fact that he probably tortured a ton of people and most likely every visitor that came by got some sort of pounding. I should also mention that in the time that this story took place, there's obviously no semblance of modern medicine, so each victim probably died a pretty agonizing death. Procrustus continued his reign of terror until Theseus, the eventual legendary founder of Athens and hero of Greece, came to put it to an end. Theseus found Procrustus, and in a twist, a cruel irony, see what I did there? Iron bed, irony, you'll get it, don't worry. Anyway, Theseus decided to put Procrustus onto his own bed, in which he didn't properly fit in, Theseus attacked the man and mutilated him until his body covered the bed, thus killing him. In today's day and age, a term you may have heard is the Procrustean bed, which is a term that's used to describe any idea where someone or something is forced into an arbitrary standard without any care on whether or not it would actually harm the person or the idea as a result. Okay, <laughs> now why did I tell you this gruesome tale of Procrustus? Well, because it's my topic and I can do what I want. But no, in reality, many people claim that Procrustus was the first recorded serial killer in the history of the world, which could be true because Greek mythology is incredibly old. And I almost made this my topic except for the little bugger of information that it was Greek mythology and therefore it's not really real. So I took it to the next step and found some killer information on a killer that could be traced and verified. And so now, without further ado, I present the story of Leo Pengli. Now before I begin, I do want to apologize in advance for any and all butchering of names in the story. I don't speak Chinese very well, but I will do my best. Um, thankfully, I have a lifetime of playing the video game series Dynasty Warriors, so many of these names are semi-familiar to me, so I'm going to try as best I can. And I also want to take a second before we get into, like, the story to explain how kind of ancient China was ruled and divided, because otherwise this is going to be a lot of confusion. So, the time that Liu Pengli was alive and during this situation this time was during the reign of the Han Dynasty. Now, fans of the aforementioned Dynasty Warriors game will recognize that name, and hopefully non-fans will as well, because it's one of the most famous and long-running dynasties in Chinese history. The land was oversaw by kings who ruled over kind of specific regions of lands, 
These kings had pretty much blanket autonomy to rule how they wished, but they did have to answer to one man, the emperor over all the land, colloquially known as, quote, the god of heaven. Clearly, the emperor was humble and very level-headed. So when I talk about rulers, I'll be discussing kings, but also know that the emperor still outranked all of the kings and had final say when necessary. Okay, now that we have that out of the way, let's chat about our friend Pengli. We don't know exactly when Leo Pengli was born because birth records weren't the most well-kept thing in the time, but we do know that he was the grandson of the great emperor Wen, who ruled from 180 to 157 BCE and was known far and wide for providing stability and benevolence to the realm. When he died in 157 BCE, his son, Liu Qi, took over as emperor and became Emperor Jing. Without getting too deep into the weeds, Emperor Jing would end up banishing his brother, Liu Wu, for perceived crimes against the realm. Liu Wu was Liu Pengli's father, so when Wu was banished, Pengli became king of the Jiangdong province. Lots of names, lots of changes, I know, I'm sorry. But just know that around 144 BCE, Liu Pengli became a king and was only answerable to his uncle, the emperor. According to the records of Grand Historian written by Sima Qian, somewhere around 94 BCE, Liu Pengli was kind of a dick. And when I say kind of, I mean he could have started a very successful side hustle on OnlyFans with how big of a dick he was. He apparently did not even try to act in a regal fashion or like a king, instead was, quote, arrogant and cruel to everyone. He scoffed at rituals and courtly manners that had been passed down by his father and grandfather, and to top it off, he got rid of almost all of his father's advisors and started bringing in men of, quote, ill repute to be his counsel. Over the course of about three decades, Liu Peng's power and cruelty grew until he finally began making nightly trips into the countryside. Again, according to the Grand Historian, Peng Li would gather, quote, tens of slaves of young men who were hiding from the law and go on these raids where they would hunt down random people and murder them while taking all of their property. The purpose of these murders was for, quote, sheer sport, and served no real purpose other than to satisfy his brutal cravings. Not that murderers have to have much of a purpose in this time, um, but, you know, it's ancient China, and war was pretty common, and kings sent hundreds of thousands of men to die and kill all the time. So kings were responsible for a lot of deaths, but Liu Pengli was kind of gathering men for the express intent purpose of killing people, and he was also an active participant, so it kind of says a lot about him. It's not really known for how long the killings took place, or if it was only during the night, but it became common knowledge for civilians to not leave their homes unless it was absolutely necessary. They would barricade themselves inside the house every night. And if you think about it, like those of you that are listening, I know you can remember how it felt during the height of the pandemic when we were all kind of confined to our homes, right? Now think about in the sense that instead of having to take precautions when you leave the house, like masking up, carrying hand sanitizer, you couldn't take precautions because you walked outside, the king was actively chasing people down and trying to murder them. And I can't imagine how crazy that was that would have been. I can only imagine how pissed off people would have been in that day and age if they were like modern people, because we got so mad, or not we, people got so mad about being stuck indoors that um, I couldn't imagine them like, I'm going to go outside anyway, and then get killed by the king, and then be like, how could he do this? I don't know. Get upset. It's stupid. Anyway, <laughs> uh, eventually a brave citizen was able to escape and make it to the emperor to tell him what was going on. And at first the emperor was like, no way, man, like he's a king, he's not doing that. But, you know, he did decide, I'm going to send some investigators to look into the matter. In either 116 or 115 BCE, we're not exactly sure, the 29th year of Pengli's reign, 
the investigators returned to the Emperor with some pretty gruesome news. Not only did they discover that there was almost 100% confidence that the king was murdering civilians, but the number was well over 100 people. They also informed the Emperor that the killings were done without reason or motive that they could find. Immediately, Emperor Jing's council told him, you have to execute this dude and make an example of him. But the Emperor said, I can't do that because he's my nephew. So he asked his son, the future Emperor Wu, what to do. And future Emperor Wu said, I can't really bring myself to kill him either because he's my cousin. So instead, they decided to exile Liu Pengli. He was stripped of all title and made a commoner. He was banished to Shenyang, which is the modern-day province of Hubei, which is kind of apropos to like my earlier COVID reference because the Hubei province also contains the city of Wuhan. Um, do what you will with that little nugget of information. But anyway, um, Liu Pengli's lands and wealth were taken and folded into the personal lands of Emperor Jing, and all in all, it kind of seems pretty petty and like a minor punishment for a man who was directly responsible for murdering at least 100 people that we know of to be like, ah, you just can't go. You gotta go hang out somewhere. Be like someone murdering people in Los Angeles and be like, oh, go hang out in Bakersfield because no one likes it out there. Doesn't make sense to me. But in the end, historians are left scratching their head as to why Pingley went on his murderous spree. I mean, it's one of those things that we still debate today in trying to figure out why serial killers or just people that murder people do it. Like, what makes them tick? What makes them do this? Um, but some do question how much of the story is even true. Almost all of the accounts of Liu Pengli come from Sima Qian's book, and granted the man wrote it just, you know, like a couple decades after it happened, so like these events took place in his lifetime, and he documented them and wrote them down and made this book. But, as historians often point out, history is written by the victors. Emperor Jing famously consolidated wealth and land throughout his reign, so some historians say that the story was just a way for Jing to instill some propaganda, which may seem, you know, make him seem like a better person. We're never going to know the truth, because the story is 2,165 years ago. Which, by the way, as a side note, when I did the math, I got curious. And 2,165 years is about roughly 790,000 days ago, which doesn't seem like a very long time to me. Like, it kind of tripped me out and blew my mind that, you know, something in the 2nd century BCE was like 790,000 years, or 790,000 days ago. I don't know why, I don't, I don't know why that freaked me out so much, but it's it's kind of there. So, again, do what you will with the information. Anywho, to me, the real scary part is, let's assume Leo Pengli was a sadistic murderer, and he was exiled, he was forced to become a commoner. What's to say he didn't stop murdering people? In fact, as a commoner and sent to a pretty rural area, he probably could have had a much easier time getting away with these mass amounts of murders, and it could have just continued until he died. So it's it's very scary, and I don't know. And that, my bearded friends, is the story of possibly the world's first ever serial killer, Leo Pengli. So yeah, um, again, short story, like I said, but... Uh, kind of crazy if you think about, you know, something from, you know, the 2nd century BCE. This is, you know, way before most recorded history. You know, like, we have manuscripts and scrolls coming back from these days. But, like, it wasn't like, you know, even in the, the 1400s, 1500s, you have such documented stuff all the time. So, you know, we have this one source from Sima Qian saying this is what's going on. Which is, you know, again, take it with a grain of salt. We don't know. You know, it's a long time ago. But... With most things, like, if it is true, it's pretty heinous and pretty 
crazy that this guy's like, I'm king. I'm just going to go murder people because I'm king. You can't stop me. And then his uncle's like, eh, yeah, you know, go hang out in the rural area. And this kid's like, yeah, like, we don't want to kill you. Like, go hang out somewhere else. Doesn't make sense to me. It's really sad. But, um, yeah, that's that. I hope you guys liked it. Um, if you have questions, comments, concerns, feedback, feel free to reach us on social media. Our Instagram is at Pod. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash things. We do have this cool Facebook friends group that's been active for a while. We have a lot of fun, share memes, have discussions. Please feel free to join that whenever you get the chance. We also have a YouTube, which is at Pod, and a Twitter, which is at Things. We also have a website, which is beardedthings.com. On that website, there's a little contact us page. You can fill that out and send it to us like I do every week. If you send us a contact us form, it is a one-sided conversation. So if you do want feedback or you want to have a conversation and you want a response, please add an email so that we can email you back. It's pretty simple. Um, or you can just email us from your email at contactus at beardedthings.com. And yeah, I think that'll do it. I hope you guys are doing well out there. Keep chugging along. It's summer. It's getting hot. Make sure you hydrate. And have a good day. We'll see you next time. Bye.